Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 19th episode of Faith, Tech, and Space. I'm your host, Rich A. from WindowsObserver.com. It is good to be back with you. It has been over three months since I last recorded a podcast episode. That was episode 18 at the end of September. So we October, November, December, brand new year, brand new month, January, January 3rd. Today is the 3rd of January. It happens to be the Feast of the Epiphany of the Lord, which is uh, surrounds the arrival of the three wise men, the three kings, arriving in Bethlehem to visit the baby Jesus. Um, yeah, it's been a while. And this, so I'm not going to do a complete three-month catch-up with every piece of tech news and headline. I've got an abbreviated format put together today. Uh, it's been a challenge. Uh, believe me, I have wanted to be present and doing things like this podcast. But between schedule of classes and work and other things like that, it just it hasn't it just hasn't happened. Uh, so it is it, that it is what it has been. I can't change that or anything like that. I can just move forward. So I'm using the new year as an opportunity to kind of close the loop, catch up. It kind of let you guys know where I'm at from a formation standpoint in my pro, in my journey uh, in the permanent diaconate formation, but also to catch up a little bit on some tech news. And like I said, I'm not regurgitating every headline for the last three months. Um, So it's good to be back behind the microphone recording this podcast for you, and we will catch up on a few things along the way. So I will open up and say uh, in the three months since my last podcast, episode 18, um, I had just received the right of candidacy the week before. So around the 19th, if I remember right, it's the 18th or 19th of September, we were present at a mass uh, with the bishop who accepted us as candidates for holy orders, uh, for the permanent diaconate, for ordination uh, as a permanent diaconate. So that was our first official kind of public uh, acknowledgement of the journey we're on, and we shifted from being um, uh, that first year kind of a looking at things and uh, journeying along the way as potential candidates, and then we formally became candidates towards holy orders. And so that has started us on our second year of class uh, out of three. So the the entire process here in the Diocese of St. August, Augustine, Florida, is a six-year program. It's three years of what's called the Ministry Formation Program, and then there are three years of the Formal Formation Program around the Permanent Diaconate. And so we are halfway through our second year now. Uh, we just passed over that halfway point uh, back in December, uh, and I'll catch up on all the stuff where we stand as far as classes and goes. Now, earlier in December... We were instituted as lectors. Lectors are the people who read at the Mass. Uh, they read the non-gospel readings. They will often do the, if there's not a deacon present, um, they will often do the uh, prayers of the faithful, the intercession, what we call the intercessions. Uh, and then um, th- that's that's their role in the Mass. And we, we have readers. We have people who are designated to be readers at our Masses that aren't instituted as lectors or readers. The only difference between those two roles, those two ministries, is that um, men who are pursuing or in formation towards ordination um, are instituted as lectors as part of that process. So there's first the candidacy, then there's the institution as lector. Uh, Coming up later this year, this year in 2021 in May, we will be instituted as acolytes, which is for altar service. Uh, If you've ever been to a Catholic Mass and you've seen altar servers, it's not dissimilar to that. 
its service on the altar, but there are differences in the role. But again, you're formally instituted in these roles leading up to ordination. Uh, institution as elector or acolyte does not guarantee ordination. That's an entirely different process and, and up to God's will and our own formation and discernment process and, and that of the staff who's training us. So we were instituted as electors last month. Uh, we wrapped up our uh, fundamental theology class online. That was, to me, that was a, a brilliant class because fundamental theology focuses on the Catholic uh, look at theology and and our faith. And so we talked about revelation. We talked about. Um, all kinds of elements of our faith and how that is developed and how it's been developed over time and how it helps us today. Uh, every, we did six different RCIA. RCIA is Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults. That's a program that an adult goes through to be formed to join the Catholic Church, whether they've been baptized before or they're already baptized. And, um, and so we were able to prepare six different lessons on different subjects as part of that class uh, for RCIA classes. So it's great that I already have kind of the beginnings of um, a notebook of, of sorts of, of teaching um, and, and class notes to be able to teach people about different aspects of the fundamental theology of the Catholic faith. So that was pretty neat to be able to do as part of that class. Um, every week, forum discussions, as you do typically in most online classes, about different areas that we were focused on and studying. And then uh, we wrapped up with a final that gave us 15 questions, and we could pick five of them, and then we gave five essay answers to those questions. Uh, I'm very thankful and blessed uh, that I received an A in that class. And now we're kind of about a week or so away from our next class beginning. Uh, we get back to local classes this coming Saturday, the 9th. That will be our second Theology of the Body class. That's we had our first one in December. Theology of the Body is, is about the sexuality and humanity of us as people, and specifically uh, in and around the Catholic teaching about that. Uh, in fact, uh, very famously, Pope John Paul II, Saint Pope John Paul II, over the course of about five years at his Wednesday general audiences, gave homilies on theology of the body, about 129 of these uh, talks that have been formulated into the overall theology of the body by John Paul II. Uh, so we did our first local class of that in December. Uh, we have been on this an awesome three-week break from class, both online and locally. It's been nice to kind of disconnect and just do some some spiritual reading, some reflection, and just some other things. I got so I was off from work last week as well. This past week, I was able to we we purged. 90 pounds worth of documents from our file cabinet that date back 16 years ago, some of it does. So it was great to do a big purge. Uh, took that for shredding at the local UPS store. They charge you a buck a pound. You just dump it into their big lock container, and a company comes and shreds that stuff once a week right there at the store. Um, and so it was nice to get that done and, and got some other projects done around, in, in, including I rearranged my office. I've cleaned out a bunch of old tech. I made a big e-cycle run last week to, the, uh, to our local dump. Uh, our local recycling facility to dump off all that electronic stuff that I've had sitting in a box in the garage for a while. And then I've got a, a new desk, a new secondary desk, and a new setup and stuff like that. Uh, so it was a really productive week. It's been a really recharging few weeks to be uh, taking it easy from stuff. So as we're getting ready to get started back, as I already mentioned, a week from yesterday, so the 9th of January, we will have our second Theology of the Body class. 
for that first one, we had to write an eight-minute homily on Theology of the Body focused on Genesis, one of the first three chapters of Genesis. And then, so we'll have that class coming up. We are about to start on the 11th of January, our next online class for 12 weeks with the, uh, the Josephinum Pontifical College up in Ohio called the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible, the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. So we will be studying those books in particular and uh, focused in on, on their what they, they provide because there's many things in the Old Testament that are precursors, are uh, not predictions, but announcements, pronouncements of events that would occur in the New Testament. So I'm really looking forward to studying the Pentateuch. I've done some Bible studies in the Old Testament, but this will be the, a very significant investment of time in those five books. So looking forward to that. Uh, other classes we've got starting up soon, later this month, we'll have our, we will start Homiletics 2. We already had three Homiletics classes under the auspices of Homiletics 1, basically our introduction to Homiletics. We wrote three or four homilies in that process for deliver, for uh, presenting in front of our classmates, my seven, six other guys that are in my cohort and our teachers. Um, homiletics 2 is going to take it up a step. These will all be for grade, specific grade. We will turn everything in. Uh, in fact, my first homily in Homiletics 2 will be from the third week of Advent, which is called um, Laudete or Gaudete Sunday. It's when the priest wears the, the, the pink vestments, uh, rose vestments, some call it. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I will start work on that homily actually week after next because I actually have a reflection, a short reflection, four to five minute reflection on the gospel readings for this coming Saturday for our class. So I'll be working on that as well. The other class I'm really excited about this year in formation is going to be uh, liturgy classes. So we're going to have a series of uh, liturgy classes where we're going to learn about the deacon's role at the Mass, and about the Mass overall, and the liturgy and the liturgical aspects of the Mass. Um, and then we're also going to study the, the rite of infant baptism, because deacons can baptize, can baptize children. And we're also going to study the rite of marriage, the rite of uh, the sacrament of matrimony. And that's one that the, the clergy, the priest or the deacon, do not perform that sacrament. We witness. It is witnessed by the deacon and priest. The couple getting married actually perform the sacrament. And we're just there as witnesses for the church and, and the civil aspect of it for that documentation. Um, and then we're also going to do some RCIA stuff around the liturgy. We're actually being taught this class by the chief liturgist of the diocese. And I'm really, I've had him for other classes in ministry formation. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. Later on in the year, we're going to do in May, uh, we have a retreat. Our annual board interview will occur at that retreat. And then we will be instituted as acolytes. Now, acolytes, this is that third step of this second year candidacy, institution as lector, and then institution as acolyte. And acolyte um, looks very similar to an altar server, uh, an individual, usually a youth, that assists the priest and deacon at the Mass. The acolyte, though, has some other duties and other responsibilities and is capable of doing more than just altar servers can because altar servers mainly just help kind of set the altar help the priest wash his hands and things of that nature whereas the acolyte has a different role um, and so we're going to learn more about that as we go through the liturgy class because as an instituted acolyte we get the opportunity to serve more on the altar because that brings us into closer familiarity with the way things move uh, around the altar during the mass and our role in it because you know the next step is ordination as a permanent deacon and God willing, um, I can now say next year, 
in June of 2022, myself and my cohort will be insta- will be um, ordained as permanent deacons. Again, God willing, please pray for all of us. We need all the prayers we can get, and um, that will be coming. So that is also something that we will do this year. And then we'll wrap up in June for our second class year with a class on ecumenism, which is basically uh, Christian faith, Christian of different faith working together for the common good kind of stuff. And then we're also going to have some bioethics, a bioethics class. And bioethics in the Catholic Church and Catholic teachings, there's a lot about that when it comes to end stage of life and um, around life in general, life practices and life teachings and things of that nature. So we'll be hearing from uh, a formally trained bioethicist that we have here in our diocese. So I've got some links in the show notes about things like theology of the body, homiletics, fundamental theology, the lector, the acolyte, uh, the Catholic Church and ecumenism, and the National Catholic Bioethics Center to give you a little more insight if you're looking for something like that. Uh, from a personal front, um, you know, this this first half of our second year has, has been extremely enriching. Uh, my own personal development, I, I notice a much deeper spirituality much deeper reflection, um, reflectiveness in the way I approach things and my attitude around things. Uh, continue to pray morning and evening prayer. I pray evening prayer with my wife, actually. We pray it together. And we also say a daily devotional of the rosary four days a week and then three nights a week. We have other similar devotionals. Uh, we pray the, the, uh, the rosary of the seven sorrows. We pray the uh, St. Michael chaplet to St. Michael, the archangel and the angels. And we also do um, a Divine Mercy Chaplet uh, on a third night. So that's a total of seven. So we do that each day and sharing that together. In the mornings, I do Office of Readings, which is the first prayers of the day. And then I do morning prayer before I go to Mass six days a week to do the live stream. As you guys know, I'm live streaming our Masses. And... um, and then that's kind of, you know, been my formation. I will start doing some work this month on a pastoral experience for this year. I'm reaching out to our parishioners, checking in on them, and making sure their needs are being met, that they don't have any spiritual needs as well as physical needs, just because in the circumstances of the pandemic, we can't do much else. So that is what I will be focusing on this year, as well as classes and things like that, because we can't do your standard kind of pastoral experience in a hospital or prison ministry or something like that because of the restrictions. Um, so again, I'll just close out with the same thing. Uh, please, if you are the praying type as you listen to this, please say a prayer for the seven of us in my cohort, myself and six other men who continue our formation, um, and that God's will be done, you know, because this is not my choice. It is a discernment process that we're going through, that I'm going through. And, um, you know, ultimately it's God's will. I believe it fully it is God's will about this call and the formation and discernment I'm going through and leading up to my, to God willing, my ordination next year. So your prayers uh, for that entire journey are very, very much appreciated. Okay, we'll jump into a little bit of tech here. And I decided what I would do to talk tech is focus on Windows Insiders and Edge Insiders first, like I had been in the previous podcast. So um, I went through and I kind of caught up to where we are because I'm not going to cover three months worth of stuff uh, right here, right now in the podcast. It just kind of 
redundant and unnecessary. But just as a reminder, three channels that are currently active in the Windows Insider program. You have the developer channel, dev channel, which is on build 20279.1. That's out of the iron branch, what we call the FE release branch. Uh, that we expect the first build of that to pop out um, to be the pre-release branch uh, come in beginning sometime this month. The beta channel is on build 19042.685, and the release preview channel is also on 19042.685. Those two have been mirroring each other for the last few months uh, since the release of the um, 20H2 update. So since October, late mid to late October, those two have pretty much uh, mirrored each other. Those are the monthly cumulative updates that get put into it and then um, are tested and then released to general production. And in fact, right now, the production release of Windows 10 version 20H2 is on build 19042.685. So those three two channels and production are all the same. Now, I started something new back in September uh, I think I might have talked about this first one. I, I may not have. I may not have done my first one. Uh, let me click on this link and let it remind me of, oh no. So it was kind of the same day. So I started something in September and that's a monthly look back at the previous month of Windows Insider channel updates. So it's a review of all the builds in dev channel, all the builds in beta channel, all the stuff in release preview channel and talk a little bit about what features we've seen, the updates, the fixes, things like that but also a little bit of my own insight and experience into what should be coming next, what should be the next thing to see. So I've got four of those now. I've got September, October, November, and December all posted. So that, that if you're looking for a catch-up, those posts right there will be great ways to kind of go back and look at where we've been. And I'm going to continue to do these each month because I think it's a great way to kind of snapshot everything. There's links in these posts to the, the actual build blog posts from Microsoft from the Windows Insider team. So you can quickly go look at them and find out other information about them like that. So I'm, I'm going to continue to do that because I think that's a great way to kind of follow the insider channel updates and what's going on there um, and of course if anything significant changes with insider stuff i'm going to post about it to uh, windowsobserver.com separately but i have links to all of those notes all of those blog posts in the show notes for this this podcast today all right so uh edge insider wise so where we stand let me get this insiders where we stand right now is kind of static right we haven't had any new updates for a couple weeks from dev channel beta channel or release preview channel uh, we should expect sometime this month, in the next, I'd say probably a couple weeks from now, we should see a new dev channel release. That should push us into pre-release, which that then becomes basically Windows 10 V Next, version Next. And then beta channel should take over um, as the, um, the next release. So the next release we're expecting is version 21H1. That's the first release for the first half of this year, 2021. And don't forget the version numbers are now the code names. So 21H1, 20H2, 21H1. So beta channel should soon get a build that is for the upcoming Windows 10 version 21H1 release. And then release preview channel is probably going to stay right where it's at. It's going to continue to test the cumulative builds each month, the cumulative updates that are being released for production about 7 to 10 days ahead of that release so they can get a little testing out through those channels. So that's kind of where we stand at right now with Windows Insider. On the Edge Insider front, Edge Canary is at version 89. Edge Dev is at version 89, slightly different build numbers. 
Edge Beta is at version 88, and Edge Stable, the production release of Edge, is at version 87. Uh, there haven't been any daily updates for about 10 days now in Edge Canary or anything like that, so we're static right at the moment. Those should start to kick up an update probably next week uh, once people start to return to work after the holidays. And so what that means is that we should start to see those numbers start to tick up. Very soon, we should see the stable release of Edge go up to version 88. Edge Beta then move into version 89. And I suspect Edge Dev will stick around in 89 for a little bit, but Edge Canary will probably get moving into version 90 before too long. Uh, some links I've got in here for Edge stuff over the last few months in case you've missed any of the updates. Feedback summary for, December, for the December release of Edge Canary. Uh, auto some information about how to now you can autofill your saved passwords for Microsoft Edge on your phone. Uh, I've got a link to the main Edge Insider page. That's a great place. They're not individual stories, but on that page they display data about different new features that have come out in the various versions of Edge in the various test channels. So that page is called Straight from the Cutting Edge, and you can go there to look at the different uh, things. Uh, top 10 Microsoft Edge Chromium features. This is a tips, tricks, and new updates uh, video. That's a great way to kind of get an idea of what at the end of the year what the top 10 kind of uh, features are to Edge Chromium. Uh, I got a link here to the Microsoft Edge December 2020 Reddit AMA. That's an Ask Me Anything on Reddit about Edge development and stuff like that. So there's lots of good information in that to catch up on while we're kind of in this final week to 10 days of waiting for things to start to crank out again. Uh, porting Chrome extensions to Microsoft Edge is easier than you think. I've got a blog post here from Microsoft Edge Dev that will show you how. If you're doing an Edge, if you're doing a Chrome extension, you can easily get it over to Edge. And let me tell you, that repository of, of extensions for Edge are growing all the time. More and more people are putting stuff in there. Uh, new updates to make Microsoft Edge your daily dashboard for work. So this is kind of a, a catch-up blog post back in December to kind of summarize all the work that's gone on in Edge to make it a good, solid uh, place to do your work from. Uh, improving notifications and badging in Microsoft Edge. Now, if you use a PWA, for instance, that's in Edge, there is now workers in there, service uh, workers, that will update your icons on your taskbar and in the, the system tray and in the alerts and messaging that will get that information in front of you that there's updates to be known about. So that's a pretty cool update. Uh, they did a really good blog post about how Microsoft Edge and other applications manage memory. This is one of the things that Edge has touted for a while, better memory management. And in fact, one of the things that they added over the last few months is sleeping tabs. So this is a, your tab goes to sleep. You can adjust the timing on this. And it saves those resources and gives them back to the system until you need the tab again. And then it spins it up pretty quick without much notice at all that it was sleeping. So they're very handy to have. And then the other thing they're doing a ton of work on is, is PDF Reader in Microsoft Edge. And I've got a link to the roadmap here. They've done a tremendous amount of work on this. And it really is starting to catch up with what was in Legacy Edge for PDF reading uh, before it started to move out of the way for the new Edge. So great information about Edge right there. Again, we're in a bit of a, a lull. We fully expect within a week to 10 days that we'll start to see daily builds start to roll out again to Canary. That's weekly builds to Dev. And then four to six weeks for Edge Beta and Edge Stable. They're, everything from those two will always uh, track each other. We'll always follow each other through. All right, so we've got that stuff going on. In tech, I got a link here to, to EdBot, a beautiful post about at the end of the year and the end of support deadline, there's still a ton of people using Windows 7. And so read this for some insight on what you should be doing about that. 
Mary Jo Foley wrote about five technologies to watch in 2021. Uh, some of those that she is tracking on and she is keeping an eye on include things like, um, come on, ZDNet, you can do it. You can load. Come on. There you go. All right. Um, what is some of the stuff? Meta OS is for mobile. So we're talking about that. It, it was called Taos, Meta OS, single mobile platform, consistent services, kind of like a Windows OS, but does a different layers and tiers and stuff like that. Universal Search, they've been working a lot on search. We've heard a lot about search at different Microsoft events, but Universal Search continues to be a big focus. It's a big part of the Microsoft Graph API. Things like Project Cortex is the background of this and the work that's going on in there. The Intelligent Edge is more than just IoT, so they're talking about ruggedized PCs like Azure Stack Edge Pro and Pro R. Those are edge devices that help people be more mobile with their data services. Cloud PC, which is a desktop virtualization as a flat rate kind of service. Could this be the future? This is not Windows Virtual Desktop. Cloud PC is a flat rate subscription service that will not be consumption priced. You'll pay for it and you'll have it. So Cloud PC means you can do things in the cloud on a thin client with Windows, Office, maybe other software. Uh, it could make its debut alongside of Windows 10X, which is something we're expecting to see this year. Uh, maybe very soon, maybe around 21H1, we start to see test builds of Windows 10X. Um, and, and again, that is Mary Jo's fifth thing is Windows 10X, right? That we're looking that this could be the year that we finally see. Windows 10X is, is, is the OS that's running on Surface Duo for, no, I'm sorry, that's wrong. Surface Duo is running a version of Android. Surface Windows 10X was going to be on the larger version of Surface, which did not ship. So it probably related to the, um, the OS. And Mary Jo seems to think this will be in 21H2 which will be the UI refresh. This is intended to be a big UI refresh, so it'll be interesting because this summer we hit six years of Windows 10. And so is it due for a huge change? Is it due for an, a pain over? I think it's due for an update that certainly makes everything more consistent. If Windows 10 has any issues, it's the lack of consistency in the UI. And so that needs to be worked on, and this may be where they start to work on that. Uh, what else have we got going on? New features for OneDrive, Teams, and more. Tons of stuff that happened in 2020 around these services and Microsoft 365. So I've got a blog post here that will catch you up on all of that stuff as well. Um, earlier this year, I had the opportunity to have the Surface Book 3, thanks to Microsoft in my hands. Uh, and so at the end of October, I wrote my review of that. It's a third generation device, but it's still a workhorse. I really like the device. I've, I've had Gen 1 OG, I've had Gen 2, Surface Book 2, and now Surface Book 3. In fact, my Surface Book 1 is a test device, or actually my Surface Book 1, my wife uses as her daily driver. Surface Book 2 is a test device. I've got that in the, um, I believe, yeah, I have that in the release preview channel. I have Surface Pro 7 in the um, in the beta channel, and then I have a uh, a Lenovo in the dev channel. So it's great devices. I mean, don't break what works, right? Is that the phrase or it's don't break what's don't don't try to fix what's not broken. It's a solid device. Could it use some refreshes in different areas? Absolutely. But that will be interesting to see in the next generation. Um, and so get a little snapshot of tech stuff. Okay, that's kind of where it's a big overarching look at things on the tech world. Um, on the space side, I've got some links here to, to NASA. Do you know that we are just six weeks away from the landing of Perseverance 
on Mars. I got a link to the mission trailer for that landing. It's kind of like the seven minutes of terror all over again. In fact, it was just, um, ju it, we just recently hit a, an anniversary of uh, the Mars rover landing uh, on the on the red planet. So that's coming up on February 18, 2021. Um, I've got a link here to what they learned this year from Space Station Science, so you can catch up there. The best station, Space Station Science pictures of 2020. Space Station is 20 years old, celebrating the holidays in space. They look that over. And then, of course, I hope you got to see the conjunction of Mars and Jupiter in the night sky leading up to Christmas. Um, it was pretty cool. They're separating now uh, based on our alignment and where we're at. They're starting to appear apart, further apart, but it's pretty cool to see them. Uh, I saw them on the night of their closest, and you could not distinguish them in the sky, just barely distinguish them. Uh, SpaceX, man, they had a year. They had a huge year. Uh, they, they, after Demo 1 and Demo 2, they had Crew 1 and launched the first four astronauts who are up on station now. There is a second Dragon cargo spacecraft based on the new Dragon uh, crew model that's up there on station. So two Dragons uh, up there. One took them, took cargo. One took four astronauts. And um, if you didn't see the, the Starship serial number number eight high altitude flight test last month in Boca Chica, Texas, it is well worth watching. There's a big rapid disassembly at the end, but that the test itself Overall, huge successes with uh, Starship serial number 9 and 10 already getting ready for their own flight test. So SpaceX had a huge year. They did very well. Um, and so I've got summaries and links to that. And then I got a general from nasaspaceflight.com, a general year in review looking at Mars missions, lunar samples, crew launches from the U.S. and Starlink. That'll give you an overall look at what's been going on in space during 2020. And one of the cool things I got to do at the end of November uh, was that I got to go to Port Canaveral and watch the return of a of a SpaceX booster that had landed on one of the drone ships at sea after a launch. It was a Starlink launch, I think. It was the sixth time this booster had been launched and landed. Um, it was the coolest thing to be down on Cocoa Beach watching it approach off the horizon, watching it come into the channel there from um, several different places, and then getting to go down by the space across the, the inlet to the SpaceX's dock area where they dock at and lift these things off the ship and get to see it really up close. I shared a ton of pictures on my Twitter page on winobs at, at winobs on Twitter, so you can go back and catch those in my media folder. So I, I hope that gives you kind of a catch up. I may, it, my biggest challenge talking about this podcast on my schedule and my opportunity and availability for this, my biggest opportunity to do this is to keep it short, keep it sweet, and keep it perfunct, uh, perfunctory, right? Keep it, keep it kind of on task. And so I'm playing around with the ideas and trying to hit the big, not to hit a litany and long list of things each week. That is where the heart, that's where the work is just uh, grinding, tracking them, finding them, and doing that. So this may become a little bit of what you've seen today and heard today, um, a little less intense as it comes to numbers of links and things I'm going to talk about, but focusing in on some real true highlights each week. I'm at 30 minutes right now. This is perfect window for this podcast, I think. Um, I certainly spent a lot of time talking on the faith aspect of stuff because I've talked a lot about formation to catch you up on the three months worth of stuff. I think that the, the regular catch up on the insider stuff for Edge and Windows is, is important. Kind of keeps you up to speed. That's in my bailiwick. I will continue to do that and then hit on some highlights from tech, highlights from space, and then wrap things up. 
and I think this new format might work. It'll be a little shorter, be a little less prep work to get behind the mic and record the 30 minutes or so and then get it out to you all. So we'll see what that happens. I can, I will not make any promises. That would be unfair. I've been very upfront uh, since I started this new podcast that would very much be driven by my schedule and my work and things like that. But I love doing it. I absolutely enjoy being behind the microphone and sharing this with you guys, with all of you. And so, and I've had people ask about the next episode and where is it coming? So the plan, again, I'm not going to make any commitments. I'm just going to commit to try this new format, this more compact and succinct format to see if that won't help me get the episodes out on a more regular basis in and around everything else that is happening. So as always, let me close with a couple things. First, be kind to each other. Wear a mask. Uh, I know the vaccine is rolling out. Uh, I hope you take that vaccine. If I was to be asked today, will you come down in the next hour and get the vaccine? I would be there in a heartbeat. Um, and I hope you do the same. Uh, the vaccine is an important step in all of us being safer. But until then, be kind. Wear a mask. Um, and blessings. Thank you for so much for your prayers and what you people who reach out to me on, on social media and just your continued support, your prayers, your encouragement continue to be a source of strength for me. Um, and, and I just, it is a blessing to be able to be in a position to do such a thing. And so until next time, stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we will see you on the next episode of Faith, Tech, and Space. Thank you.